Hello, everyone. We are back with a, another episode of uh, whatever we call this thing. It's our monthly uh, lowdown on branding and marketing here with Resound. And today we have a very special guest, really a friend of the show, uh, if you will, Chris Stadler, <laughs> Chief Operating Officer here at Resound. Uh, and today we are going to be talking about internal branding. Uh, it is an often overlooked element of branding and marketing, but mm -hmm. very crucial. Yep. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what is it? What is internal branding? We're going to talk about why it's important and then how do you do it and do it well. Mm -hmm. So Chris, let's start off with that first question. What is internal branding? You know what? I'm so glad as the chief operations officer, I get to talk about this because internal branding is kind of like the first wave of benefit you get from branding. And so what's our process saying? We do a, we do a brand workshop, you know, values, personality, traits, brand story. And a lot of people are thinking, okay, this is great. External branding, people know what we're about. But one of the first things that, that, ha that tends to happen is, uh, especially in operations, we care about having trust with each other, right? We care about having uh, people get along, processes that work. And our brand actually tells us, well, how do you, why are we making processes this way? Why do we have relationships this way? Why do we tolerate some behavior and not tolerate other behavior within our, in, in our organization? And it goes back to our values. And so one of the first things is you get to enjoy that you know, internally, uh, in, in, inside the organization. Um, and I think that's one of the, uh, that's one of the bigger benefits right off the bat. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I, th I think it kind of comes down to your brand can't be dragging your team like along the pathway with it. Like you can't have a brand that's mm. kind of like here in the front of the line and it's like dragging all your team members, your, your employees, your leadership, you know, by their bootstraps because they don't want to do what, what the brand is telling them to do. They have to be bought in and they have to be actually the ones kind of carrying that brand. Your internal team, we say this often, your brand is your people, right? It, your brand is made up of the different, you know, human beings that are a part of your company. Uh, that's your leadership, that's your employees, that's even your customers to some degree um, and your community around you. Uh, so what we're talking about specifically here is your team who works for the brand, who works with the brand. And so what you're talking about, Sam, if I can interrupt is the, the opposite of what we just said would be if you were to throw the brand out to the world, not have your team bought in. And now the world expects this of you whenever they call into customer service, whenever they, you know, use the product, they're expecting a certain brand and your people haven't even been like bought in yet they have so no idea what's they're, going on. they're playing catch up they're trying to yeah. figure out what what are all these where are all these expectations coming from yeah so let's say you know your, your company recently went through or is going through a rebrand process where maybe you're defining your brand for the first time or you're realizing hey this is you know our current brand is 30 years old and a lot's changed in the last three decades so you know we need to update this if you're not including your team members, not, you know, if you've got a 300 person firm, not everybody's going to be in the room when these decisions are being made. But if you're including them and kind of, kind of leading them along that pathway with you, as you're discovering those things and defining those things, then 
you're not going to have this hammer drop, you know, when the brand is launched out to the world and you've got, you know, half your team, uh, half, you know, 150 people at your firm saying, what, what is this? I've never, this doesn't make any sense to me. So really what we're talking about is getting your team bought in to your brand, uh, as kind of the first step. Um, mm -hmm. your customers should not be hearing about your, your rebrand or your brand development before your team members. Yep. So that's what we mean when we're talking about internal branding, it's your team. It's the team members that make up that brand. Uh, so it's a very important element, but you know, it can often be overlooked because you know, the, the big launch, you know, the, the email blast or the ribbon cutting is often a little bit more important in, in people's minds. Because like the external stuff, right? Like we're always thinking about the external stuff and yeah. we need to be thinking about our team a little more. It's the yeah. customer. It's, it's typically yeah. like, oh, this is going to help us, you know, with our bottom line. Right. We're going to send this out to thousands of people and people are going to be blown away and we're not going to be able to keep up with all the work that's coming in. It's all those thoughts that go through your head. But really you should start with, hey, let's make sure our team members are bought into this. Let's make sure that it resonates with them. They understand it. And when we do roll it out to the world and our customers, when they have questions, our team members are ready to answer those and ready to act on the brand as we've defined yep. it, as we've, yep. we've discovered it. So that's internal branding. Let's move on to why it's so important. We've kind of touched on that already. Uh, but why, why does it matter, Chris? Why does internal branding matter? Can't, can't you just decide on colors, a new logo, figure out your values, slap them down in a book, and then you know continue on with business as usual. Can't you just do that? Yeah. So you know it, it comes down to, um, in a way, it's really practical. It's it's what comes first in an organization. Do you do you go out and build build customers, uh, build your customer base, try to get people to come in, and then figure out who you are? And I think that's the difference between companies we work with, small to mid sized you know businesses, which are still can be pretty large, but they still have they're not big corporations where you have the CEO is like, oh, I got to make my numbers for next quarter, right? And so I have to do something that yields results right away. This is like, no, we don't have to do that. When you, when you have control of your company, you can actually own your personality, own your processes and own the way you do things. And so this is something where when you start on the inside first, this is a huge luxury that man, so many CEOs I bet would just, you know, love to have of <laughs> these big companies. The ability just to be genuine, feel awesome about about what you stand for, and then make your employees feel awesome about it too, where you have people who want to come to work for you because they know what you're about. And yeah. not because you're a big company, but because uh, but because you have values that, that they connect with. And now guess what you're getting? You know, you're getting people who can execute on your brand promise walking in the door almost, right? Because they know what you stand for. Recruiting benefits, um, and I'm just talking internal right now, and then your processes, attitudes improve because everybody knows why things are done the way they're, the way they're done. When you understand the task and the purpose, man, you have so much more um, connection within the organization. And like I said, as an operations guy, I'm just like, dude, if you can have that, that team morale and that esprit de corps within the organization because you've done things right, dude, the outside stuff, it's gonna take care of itself almost, right? Because you have this brand already, it's ready to ship, that's all done. Uh, now you are who you say you are. You are who you're making that claim to be already. Right? Yeah. If you think <clears throat> about it in terms of, of a brand we're probably all familiar with, think about Chick-fil-A. Let's say 
uh, in the, you know, whenever this happened, maybe 30 years ago when they were developing their brand and they were saying, who do we want to be as a fast food company? Let's say they didn't tell, you know, half the employees or any of the employees. And so you're getting maybe some managers who are like, hey, why aren't we doing these things? Why, why aren't you saying my pleasure every time somebody asks you for something? And the employees are like, well, what is that? Even? I don't even know what you're talking about. So it's kind of like that's a simple example of what we're talking about. But if you've got, you know, even half your employees, maybe maybe it's your employees in, in a certain office. So you've got maybe your firm has 10 different offices. If somebody, you know, is used to working in the uh, the Alabama office with the team there, but then, hey, I'm going to be in uh, in New Orleans. <clears throat> next week i'm going to stop by your other office down there and if that's two different completely different experiences because you've got disconnects internally with with where your brand is at how your people are supposed to act then that's going to be a big problem and you're going to lose customers that way dude um, you know there's there's another example i can think of with chick-fil-a it's a great example now we wonder how how does how does brand affect process right well Think about how they pay their employees. They pay above market rate. But if their HR people weren't developing processes that had that in mind, they probably would just be like, all right, well, I guess we just choose the cheapest employees, right? But because that brand went into not just external, right? And not just uh, at the customer service, you're supposed to say my pleasure, but it infuses the whole organization. And now HR knows how to make decisions because they're like, okay, we're, we're about service, and I don't know what their brand values are. Let's just guess at service, right? It was part of it. Most likely. Uh, yeah, most likely. Um, you know, and so what does service mean to us? You know, okay, well, how do we execute good service? Well, part of that's going to be how we recruit and how we pay, right? And so it affects literally everything if you're serious about it. Yeah, and I think uh, there's there's kind of a negative element to this too not not negative from the from the aspect that it's going to hurt your company but uh one thing that this might reveal within your company a, a rebrand if you roll it out internally well you might find people that are not supposed to be working at your firm anymore they might be so against the brand that you have discovered through your rebrand process or your definition process that it's become very clear you probably shouldn't work here if you're that adamantly against what what we've defined as our brand so that's yeah. another element that we've seen happen before with a well-defined brand where you kind of weed out people mm -hmm. that that just are not supposed to be there so um real quick chris because we're, yep. we're running out of time okay Let's talk about one more element here of internal branding, and that is how do you do it? How do you do it well? Mm -hmm. uh, what are some some practical steps that you can do kind of during the the rebrand process and then before you launch it to the world? Yeah, so one of the things that's really important to start with leadership. So when we do brand workshops, it's always the leadership and the leaders in the brand workshops, they are they negotiate, they, they choose their values and then they, we talk about them and we agree on them. And Sam, do you, do you ever remember someone being like, oh, that's not, that's not one of our values or being grouchy or are they usually pretty like, oh yeah, yeah, that's totally us. Right. Um, yeah, there's not I, a whole lot of, by yeah, the please. end of it. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of back and forth that happens during that process. But by the yep. end of the day, there's usually consensus. 
Yeah. So one of the things that I, I like, I, Sam, you and I are always suggesting is, hey, uh, why don't we have, why don't we make some videos with the leaders of the brand expressing a value, talking about a value? Because now you have the leadership on board, they're on record, and then the employees can all look at that and say, oh, okay, I guess we really are doing this. And so that's huge. The the next thing I think is is synthesis, right? Like, so we do this, Mike does this really well. We talk about our values all the time. We talk about what they mean and how we're doing, how we're doing them, right? And so uh, in, in me actually saying, oh, here's what that value means, I'm actually owning it because I have to choose the words, right? Unless I'm just gonna memorize the value, right? I have to choose the words and I choose the actions. And so, and then I think that, I think there's a couple of practical steps you take to, um, to roll it out. Um, basically, how do you guide them? Do you want me to talk about that or do you wanna? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I think some of those would be really helpful. Yeah. So, um, first of all, we always create a brand, uh, handbook, um, you know, along with the workshop, there's always a brand handbook that comes out and that tells us how to talk about the brand. It tells, um, us how to write about it and design the brand and design around the brand. Um, this can be really useful for employees to be able to understand what is this brand supposed to look like? Great. We have our values and traits. What now tell me more about that. Tell me more about how those come to life. So you have those, um, you can use Slack, uh, you can use Microsoft Teams, you know, some of these tools are really useful in um, keeping that conversation going about the brand and even asking questions about, hey, I'm faced with a situation, maybe as a manager or a leader in the company. Um, hey, what do you think about this? Here's what I'd like to do. Here's our values. What do you think? Right. And then you're actually um, socializing those values and then just, um, you know, something as simple as regular surveys. Hey, here are our values. How are we doing in our values? Yeah. Are, are we are we being consistent employees, customer service people, janitor, counterperson? You know, are we really being consistent or are there some areas where we're not really doing that? Yeah, and I think you could look at it in kind of like three different tiers. So, Chris, you mentioned the leadership team. Your most important leaders should be in the room when you're making these brand decisions. Absolutely. Yep. Sometimes that looks like three people. Sometimes it looks like 12 people, but you're going to want to prioritize those leaders at your firm to make those decisions. If you don't have some of your, your longer uh, standing leaders in the room, there's going to be some issues. <laughs> there's going to be some big issues. Uh, the other thing is uh, the, the, I'd say maybe the second tier, the second level is some longtime team members that maybe aren't in a leadership role. Um, and they may not need to be in the room when you're making these decisions, but prioritize them in kind of that process. Maybe you've made the decisions and they're on the list of team members that get surveyed before yeah. you set those in stone, right? So they're, yeah. they're still kind of in that process. They've put their, they've given their input. They feel bought in already. And then <clears throat> I think over time, uh, you can use, like Chris, you mentioned the brand handbook, the what we call the Remarka book. It's kind of your, your brand Bible or your brand hymn book. Um, you can totally use that with current employees and new hires. That's an incredible tool for your HR team. Uh, when you've just brought a new hire in, give them the brand handbook, tell them to read it, um, you know, maybe quiz them on it, uh, and then utilize that 
you know, maybe you've got monthly or quarterly kind of all hands meetings with your entire firm. Um, go over some of those things. Keep the values uh, front of mind uh, when you have opportunities to do that. Sometimes you've got, you know, a big annual uh, kind of end of year meeting, maybe that's kind of a fun get together with everybody in your firm. You know, make make uh, one of the modules there about an element of your brand to keep those things top of mind. So um, I think it's important to remember uh, internal brands fuel external brands, right? So yep. your team has to be bought in uh, before your brand can really go out and excel uh, externally in the world. Um, so uh, all of that to say, let's wrap all that up. Um, make sure your team's bought in. Uh, do the hard work to lay that groundwork uh, with your team. Uh, whether you just went through a rebrand, maybe you're in the process of that, maybe you're about to do that, uh, prepare for that now so that your team is really the foundation, the strong foundation of your brand.